1975, Jaws was released. It is routinely regarded as one of the greatest films of all time and is generally credited with creating the concept of the summer blockbuster. In 1978, in an obvious cash grab, Jaws 2 was released, failing to have lightning strike a second time, but presenting a generally enjoyable film. In 1983, Jaws 3D was released, shamelessly attempting to take advantage of a gullible audience. By 1987, there was no pretense of quality as Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine cashed paychecks for sleepwalking through a pointless and incredulous sequel. In 2016, Paul Spatero created Is It Jaws, in which he and a group of rotating guest hosts discuss new and old movies and place them up against the Jaws scale, which ignores some elements of the actual films and sets forth a rating scale. Jaws, an all-time great classic film. Jaws 2, an enjoyable film with some flaws but worthy of multiple viewings. Jaws 3, a moderately enjoyable film. And finally, Jaws 4, a bad movie. Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question, Is it Jaws? I told you I was from another planet. What the hell are those things? Attention, people of Earth. I regret to inform you that in order to make way for the new hyperspace express route, your planet has been scheduled for demolition. Have a nice day. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. celebrated best-selling novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What is this thing? It's the guide. It's got everything you need to know to survive in the universe. Losing your planet isn't the end of the world. Hey, man! What the hell are you doing here? Arthur, this is Aphod Babelbrox, president of the galaxy. He shares three of the same mothers as me. It's the beginning of an adventure unlike anything on Earth. I've been stranded on a strange planet for a number of years. I have been avoiding you. I... You look great. You're doing well. You've grown. The fate of the universe is in their hands. Uh, sorry, what exactly are we doing? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't leave Earth without it. Zerk, ah, what? What was that? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro, and I am joined today by Matt and Christy Huntsworth. How are you guys doing? I'm a Kabula. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. It's a week without a hurricane. It's a good week. Well, yeah, so far, it's yeah, only Monday. So yeah, don't, don't count that as done yeah. yet. Yeah, we still do the end of the month, apparently. I had to look that up. Mm. Well, it's officially over. That was supposed to be over the first. No, the 30th. Month. Oh, crap. Yep. It used to be. I used to, used I, to be. Used the to, I thought it started, ended in October, but well, that's that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. Today, no. So oh, no, but the on. reality <laughs> is, before we get into what we're here to talk about, is, you know, we've talked about when I'm. Um, retired in a couple of years which is not too far off uh being snowbirds and coming down south for the winter and one of the things that i kind of thought was well hurricane season is late august early september we'll be up north when at that time of year and by the time we come down there will be no hurricane season and you guys are like <laughs> ruining that for me yeah it's crazy yeah. it's what is it official i know i know i know the ending is 
now they now moved it to the 30th of november it's june 1st now is the official start i don't recall yeah. having anything that early but i also don't recall anything having anything this late except for one other time it hasn't been for like 40 years oh then i don't okay then i was thinking it was later i thought we had i thought we had some like first weekend of november during one of those horror night thing like i, I related to halloween horror nights like that weekend was canceled, but it might have been. To be I, fair, though, Horror Night starts in like April. Yeah, so <laughs> not quite, but it will. I and to be fair, it. anybody listening to this, it'll probably be about February. So yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think hurricane season will be over by then. I hope so. I hope so. But it's been a long time since I had you guys on, and it's uh, really appreciated that you're making the time to talk to me. Oh, Absolutely. Happy to be here. And Matt, you picked today's movie, which is yeah. the film version of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy from 2005 and i'll just give you my quick background i remember hearing about the i think it wasn't even a series of books when i first heard about it i think i heard about it when there was just the one uh from some friends and i remember picking it up to reading it to read it and never getting through it and then i remember friends talking about the british tv series in the early 80s and I remember people talking about the radio series and I could just never get into this. And then it was a series of books and I never really got into it. Then this movie came out and definitely flew under my radar until you mentioned it to me. Hmm. Uh, and I found it on Hulu yep. and watched it last week. And I'll give you my thoughts about it in a moment, but I'll okay. uh, throw out to you. Uh, tell me about your familiarity with the property in general, with the movie in general, and why you suggested this one. Okay. My history, I th it starts with the books. That's for sure. And I think it was four at the time. I think so long. And thanks for all the fish was the, uh, kind of new release in that. And it was, it was one of those things where, you, where your group of friends kind of all, um, kind of share your interests. That's, that's how I got into knowing the story of Lord of the Rings, like 10 or so well like five years before that and then i think interview of the vampire went around at one point but it was somewhere in between the two our group of friends one one or two of them started reading the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy series they knew we'd all that group of friends would like it i got the little four this is when you used to buy four books shoved inside a cardboard box oh yeah like, I remember those. it's a bookstore you can buy the book sets they used to, like Walden's would have a book set section of shelves i bought that read them loved it and then it was it was just happenstance it was good timing that right about the time we all finished that is when our local pbs station re-ran the series a tv series sorry my next exposure was the tv series then from there, I think I finally got into the radio series years and years and years later, because finding that was next to impossible. The fifth book came out during then. Um, there was a computer game that only one of our friends had a computer that would run it. It was that like it was so in the early years of computer games, not even video games, literal I had to be on a computer and I I want to say it was on his Commodore 64. If not, yeah. it, was, it was the next step up. <laughs> 128. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, and then I think I just kind of bounced between all that. Uh, Mostly Harmless came out. That was, a, okay, six book was, a, that's another story. Um, then the movie had come along and I had to see this. And I, we, Christy and I saw it opening night. And I'll hold back what I think about all of this because the reason I picked it is because I usually tend to pick movies that I think we, uh, Paul and I, well, I know, I know we'll end up having the same opinion. And then Paul had us on for the Muppet Christmas Carol. And it's impossible for me and Christine not to have the same opinion. This is the first pick I had where I think, I think we might actually have some differing opinions here for once on one of my appearances i could be wrong <laughs> i could be wrong but i think i think i i think we do and that's why i picked it because I, I do i can i can have a lot to say about this we'll see how much i need to say about this but i have i have i am prepared i am ready <laughs> okay so that that's your level of uh dedication to this particular property yes. i was even going to do a podcast it turned 42 oh my gosh last year if you take the first radio show, either last year or the year before, 
it was it was one, during this whole pandemic thing and i was going to do a podcast called 42 and i was going to make 42 episodes covering a piece of hitchhikers media somehow but i got so in 2020 we put out so much content i literally burnt myself out on podcasting almost two years running now so that unfortunately did not happen but it'll be very douglas adams of me to do it three years later so maybe i will <laughs> Well, I appreciate your your just scraping off the uh, <laughs> the podcast uh, rust and, and coming I'm, out here. Coming I'm happy. Here. I'm happy to be a guest and not have to produce, not produce, not put together notes and not edit. So I'll, I'll do that any time of day. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> what's what's your level of uh, geekdom to this, Christy? So. Matt has not stopped talking about this since 2005, <laughs> possibly before. Um, but for me, like most things, geekdom, it happened because of a guy. And there was a guy I was dating when I was in high school who was my my first boyfriend. And he had the the massive book. Yeah, Dave, had, my friend Dave, who introduced me to the series, had that. Yeah. And that, that had the young Zayf Safe story in it. That's the one thing I don't own a copy of. So I, you know, when you're dating, you feel like you need to impress someone. And um, so I got real into it. But then I actually genuinely got into it. And I bought that same big, chunky, massive book. Mm. Um, and I loved it all through college and the, the fun thing for me, my, my sixth degree of separation is I went to do an internship in New York, uh, my sophomore year of college for, uh, uh, the New York theater workshop. And we were doing these shows and there was a guest director for these, for these plays that we were presenting. So I remember being on the subway with him, gigantic British gentleman, very, very tall, very, very fun, told very off-colored jokes and, and stories of things he had done on the West End. But I got to know him and, and I, you know, would do stuff. And then I went back to school and I found the Hitchhiker's Guide on video cassette because I had watched it on PBS just randomly, just remembered I liked it. But then I got the videotape, kind of dates when I went to college. Um, I played it, and there, on that video, was the guy I stood next to on the subway. And he was the original Zaphod Beeblebrox. Oh, cool. Mark, Mark Wing, Wing Davey. And, like, all these things had happened when he was there. His house had caught fire, and all these things had happened. So we were, we were like, as an intern, I was just kind of helping him out with whatever we could. Um, so I really got to know him and like him and that put like a really soft spot in, in my heart for the whole Simon Jones, the whole, the whole series. I think it's pretty cool that, uh, I mean, it's cool when as a couple, you discover something together and you get into it, but it's also pretty cool that you had a mutual love of this before you got together. And then it wasn't like, I love this and I have to convince my spouse to love it too. Oh. No, yeah, it was this and Red Dwarf. Already there. This and Red Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, then when this movie came out, was this before or after Galaxy Quest? I want to say before, but I'm not sure I'll that's find, right. I'll figure that out for certain in just a moment. Because no, it's after. I'm sorry. It's after yeah, Galaxy yeah. Quest? Okay, that explains my hatred of Sam Rockwell. 1999. <laughs> yeah, Quest. so I hated sam rockwell hated hated like every you hated time guy fleegman i did <laughs> i did not like him in galaxy quest i wanted to punch him through the screen and so when i saw that he was taking the place of my beloved <laughs> mark wing baby who we affectionately called wingding in the office i was not having it uh and uh yeah that was that was uh that was interesting because we watched the movie and I was like, oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy who ruined this was Mark's place. This was Mark Wing Davies. But I, I was so 
like yeah i did not uh, my first viewing not not favorable me on the other hand have loved sam rockwell did everything i've ever seen him in and still do and always will i was a big fan of his performance i have grown to love him (laughs) after moon well that was also after this movie Yes, things after this. <laughs> yeah, okay. I Iron Man, I, three, Iron Man, two, uh, like several three, things that he's been in. I think he's a delightful actor. I uh, that one where he's with um, Anna Faris, and he plays a psychopath, and he's a hitman. It's adorable. He's adorable, <laughs> and I I've grown to uh, have affection for him, but still a little pit in my heart <laughs> for Mark Wing Davy. For Mark Wing Davy. Well, I gotta say, I've I'm not I'm not a a Sam Rockwell devotee, but I have pretty much liked all of his performances that I've seen. So I, I did not have a problem with that. Uh, I particularly liked him in the Iron Man movies. I, I thought he played a great contrast to Tony Stark. Uh, but this particular property, my impression, and I think we bear that out is I think the more familiar you are with everything about it, yeah, the more you'd probably enjoy this movie. And it's well, not that very... I didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I, didn't, it, it, I didn't watch it and say, oh, my God, this is horrible. I, no, that's not that at all. But I did feel that there, that there were points when I wasn't getting the joke. And I thought, you know, it felt like a little, a little bit like there were inside jokes that I was missing. There were. There's a fine line with this in regards to what you're saying. Like, I do enjoy the movie and I enjoy it because it is different in some ways than everything else, which has always been a staple of this story. The radio show is first. The book adaptation is different from the radio show. The TV show was different than the book adaptation. Uh, the movie's different than that. I'm not sure where the comic lies. The comic may be an adaptation of the book, but I'm, I'm not. That's the one thing I've not read. On the other hand, the person who I believe, if it wasn't him, it was someone else in our core group, was the opposite reaction. He hated the fact that they deviated. I wouldn't say so many times, but there was one crucial part. It was actually Christie's joke in the beginning. The Hamakabula part was he was not happy with how much that took up of screen time and remove some story elements yeah. that had been in everything else. So it's a fine line. It depends on whether or not you like, I think the changes between source material or, or you're more of a purist for the, or you have a soft spot for particular pieces that didn't make it into the movie. Maybe is a better way to say it. So this particular property, again, I'm just going to kind of call it that has been a television series. It's been a movie. It's been had stage shows. It's had oh, that too, yeah. LPs. Yeah. It's had yep. audio books, video games, comic books. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just been in just about every possible media that you could think that they could adapt it to. And what little research, you know, and I don't do a huge amount of research, but, you know, I do a little bit of looking, you know, digging. Uh, and what I saw when I was looking at some reviews was that they were saying that virtually every adaptation of this material has varied. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. and that they, that there's no one that there's no two different adaptations you can look to or two different versions of it that have the same exact story. Right. Exactly. Yes. That's the way he wanted it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and my was, understanding is Douglas Adams uh, was heavily involved with adapting this for the picture, but then he passed away. I don't know if he passed away before they produced it or if he passed away before it was released. Before it I was think, released. No, I think it was before it was produced because really? I think it was, he died in 2001. So before they produced uh, it, because I remember them hiring a specific writer to kind of put the notes together he left behind best he could. <coughs> I remember that being a thing, finding the right person to I don't, excuse me. To carry on in the same yeah, style. Yeah, to, to interpret, to know what of everything he wrote should stay or not, you know, that type of thing. Because that was yeah. a big thing leading up to the release of this movie was who was going to finish writing this all together. So he did definitely pass away before they got to that point. Yeah. So the other the other thing, and you know, I've had many books that I've read that have then been made into movies. 
and you know you you have your uh, the the biggest thing is is you have your impression in your mind as to what characters are going to look like, act like, sound like, and then when they're cast, sometimes it's right on the money, yeah, <laughs> and sometimes it's not. Yep. <clears throat> so, well, let, I, I'd like to, I want to go over the cast a little bit. Because uh, yeah, I, I, I did. <clears throat> go ahead. What? <clears throat> yes, I have. Regardless of my love for this movie, I have some questions about casting myself <laughs> i have some notes <laughs> and as you say that i'm picturing you pulling like the encyclopedia britannica in front of <laughs> right you. uh so i mean we'll start with martin freeman because he is effectively the star of the movie he's certainly your uh you know the the, the person who you're seeing this universe through his eyes uh i'm mostly familiar with martin freeman from sherlock mm-hmm. from the hobbit and from uh, Black Panther, all of which postdate this. So when this came <laughs> out, I would not have known who he was. That's a good. I I, I had no idea who he was when he came out. When mm-hmm. it came out, Christy might have known him from nah. some. You watch more British stuff than me, so you didn't even recognize him either. No, because I I first saw him in Sherlock. Okay, I I had no idea who he was, but I thought this was the second best casting to simon jones i think this is one of the like i, I couldn't have really thought of anyone any star at the time while i'm watching this movie who i'd put in there no i i, I agree with that because simon jones is the titular he yes. is he is arthur dent arthur <laughs> dent because i mean that was they were friends he and douglas adams were friends in college that is what he is written after um <coughs> The only thing I think Martin Freeman isn't able to lend to this is that little bit of foppishness that Simon Jones has. Like like that total bewilderment. I don't know. He's more he seems more Martin Freeman seems more like I don't know, in touch. Okay. Does like, he really? I'm I'm finding that interesting because, and again, I'm not familiar with the source material because I never did get around to reading it, and I never did get around to watching the TV show or listening to the radio. Uh, but Martin Freeman, in everything he's done, from from being Watson to this, he always seems to just be like a little confused and a little step behind everything to me. Which, which, from the way you're describing it, it sounds like that's perfect for this. Well, it's it's more like it's not even just that confusion piece. It's more like that delusion of grandeur <laughs> that I feel like like uh, Simon Jones had uh, that character had, where it's like I am perfect. I'm the perfect English gentleman, but I don't know. It just the look of him. Maybe it's more the look than anything else. Uh, that I could see. There's more of a he did look. Right, I'll give you this. I, you were losing me up until that point. I was like, I don't, I can't agree with anything that you're saying. But Mark uh, uh, Simon Jones always looked throughout the entire series. Always looked like he had just gotten out of bed yeah. because that's how his day started and never recovered from it. Whereas Martin Freeman was a little more he, neater he got, and tidier. Yeah. He got caught up. Yeah. Okay. I guess, you know, I, I, I think of, you know, and again, the, the few things I know of Martin Freeman in, I'm thinking of him in, in civil war uh, at the end of it, when he's there with Zemo and, and he starts saying, you know, Oh, you, you know, you don't want to test me. You know, oh. <laughs> like, like, listen, he's getting like big and, and, and chesty with him. And, the, and I was thinking that's so against his character. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's, yeah. that really just kind of fit because, you know, it was so off. Okay, now the guy's in a cage and he's, uh, you know, he's mouthing off to him. But, but anyway, like to me, he se- he seems bewildered and kind of dragged along through most of this. Uh, I mean, there are parts parts where he's saying, "Oh, this is how you do it." Uh, you know, where, where he ends up being the guy who leads slightly. But, but anyway, for the most part, I feel like he's dragged along and and uh, and and seems always to be like a step behind everybody else. I think like when they jump through the warp thing, and he's the one who's afraid to go through. Oh yes, yeah. yeah and then by right. the time he goes through, it shuts down. Well, this is, yeah, yep. So now, 
I'm going to go to the next character who I'm kind of most curious what you think of the casting on, and that would be Ford Prefect. I must def or most def. Second, I saw the cast list for this. I was like, I did not get that casting. And watching the movie, I still did not get that casting. I thought I I really disliked his interpretation of Ford Prefect for three quarters of the movie. It wasn't until the third act that he finally won me over. There's something about what he was doing, or maybe he just those scenes brought out more of what I expected from that character or knew from that character. But it, it, he first half of this movie is, was the weakest link for me. It's just his, I think he was doing some kind of off worldly type of cadence with his delivery of his lines to make himself strange and unusual and alien, but it just was like almost too much. It just was not working. His cadence in this, his pacing is so so disruptive to the rest of everything else going on that screen that for the first half of this movie, I was like, Oh man, did they really miss the mark on this? But then he eventually won me over, but it took a lot. Yeah. It's like, he didn't, he didn't have a personality at first. I mean, he kind of, he kind of just was like, Arthur, we need to go. No, that's what, that was the thing about Ford prefect and all the other versions. He was an alien doing all the things he think, he should be doing to come off as human but it's it's like someone who doesn't understand being human trying to paint that picture that's why his clothes are always flamboyant in the tv show his his personality was larger than life in the radio drama and and just the things he says and and does to there's there's more i think in the book of him interacting with other humans before the the uh, well the bar scene is actually a good scene for that yeah compared to the tv one compared to the movie one he's just like it's 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 an over-the-top character because it's an interpretation of a human it's not fitting in to be a human where i think they maybe they wrote or directed it might be part direction it might be taking you know might be blaming lost stuff too much for it but overall everything involved with this and him his this portrayal for prefect especially in the most crucial opening scenes of this just were I, so off for me yeah see i i got the impression from his performance that he was supposed to be the counter uh point to uh to 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 author dent uh whereas author is like totally perplexed and thrown into a world that's so strange to him uh ford prefect is you know he's basically you know writing for the hitchhiker's guide so he he's not seeing anything that's surprising him whatsoever so he's he's just totally like you know going along for the ride and not thrown off by anything and that part was fine. Like the actual dialogue written for him was fine. It was the performance of it that was off-putting to me. He just had this weird pacing with what he was saying. And I was like, that's just odd. It's not, I don't, I don't like that. That's what it comes down to. I, my personal preference, I guess. Okay. Yeah. No problem with that. I mean, I didn't see him as indispensable. Like, yes, I, yeah. I could have seen somebody else playing the part just as well. Yeah. Uh, I did like, whatever it's worth zoe du chanel is uh trillion <laughs> I, w- I went into this um more apprehensive of her because i don't like her in general and most stuff i see her in but she actually did not bother me at all in this movie she wasn't a manic pixie dream girl she, yeah, she wasn't zoe du chanel in this movie she was actually yeah. trillion <laughs> is she is she i'm trying to remember was was she in uh, elf is she the uh yep she is because I, I liked her in that i thought she did a good job in that and I'm trying to think of anything else I've ever seen her in, and I'm coming up blank. She's a new girl. Not my show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen her anything else, but I, I she comes across as I don't know. What'd you say, pixie-ish? Manic the, pixie dream girl. Yeah, I, I can go the, with that. Uh, it's a clarification of that type of character. Now, my very favorite casting in the entire movie was just a voice actor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alan Rickman. Oh, okay. All right. I loved Alan Rickman as the yep. as as the as Marvin the depressed robot. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I for, I had forgotten about Thomas Lennon being the voice of the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he actually is perfect for that. All the voice, you know, now you mentioned the voice acting. That's probably the highlight of this because I think Stephen Fry is a good successor to the the TV version voice, mm-hmm. who I can't remember. Uh, I thought Stephen Fry did a great job with the with the book um yeah uh 
Alan Rickman as Marvin is fantastic. Thomas Lennon's a good choice. And mm. then the um, uh, Bill Bailey as the voice of the whale. It's kind of almost a cameo. But he was, uh, we, we, the whole, uh, what, who's the guy that does Father Ted? Um, the, 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 the writer, gosh, what is his name? Graham Lennon. Yeah. We're a big Graham Lennon family between Father Ted, IT crowd, and Black Books. That's what we know Bill Bailey from. So the all the voice acting in this is probably is probably the highlight. Yeah, and and I wonder if it was was easy for them to get, you know, their choices on the voice actors because I bet it was. Oh, yeah. for Doug Adams, Douglas oh, Adams, and then I oh, yeah. always forget this. Helen Mirren was Deep Thought. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I I think I agree with you on that. That that all of the voice acting was was very good. Uh, so we'll get we'll get to the big one now. And Sam Rockwell <laughs> as Zephod Rebelmont books. He's my yep. favorite. I was we were watching it last night, and every time he did almost anything, I laughed. And she was getting annoyed by me. He's oh. grown on me. <laughs> I'm very curious about you know when he does the, the bit with his the two two faces. Uh, when it's when it was in the book, when it was on the TV show, whatever. Is it is is it that way or is it like different in each nope. version? It's on the side. Yeah, it's uh it's this is a tough thing to pull off, I guess, is why they went the route that they did. In the TV show it was a a animatronic in, in giant air quotes, animatronic head next to Mark Wing Davies head, but it didn't look very realistic at all. Um obviously in the audio drama you don't need to Well I'm 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 also thinking like how it's described. It's that's described as two two head like uh, like heads head, right next yeah, to each other. Yeah, the only good interpretation I've actually seen of it, and it's easy to do in this medium, is I have seen panels from the comic book, and that that's the best depiction I've seen of it. But then again, you're free to do whatever you want because you're drawing it. So now it's in even, my mind, see if you get this connection. I'm picturing Ray Moland and Rosie Greer. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's better than that as far as head placement <laughs> because it's not one guy standing behind another but it's it's looks a little worse because it's a false head so it all and, it, like and it's animatronic yeah. so it has to talk yes and it's i mean it's a, it's definitely an interesting thing and it, and it, it's just like you know when when somebody is writing something like this and obviously it's a you know, not everybody uh, hits pay dirt when they write something like this. But when you write it, your imagination is limitless. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But now when you're trying to put it into a visual medium, you know, there's going to be limitations. And, you know, as somebody who read it and was familiar with it beforehand, you know, how comfortable were you with the way the appearances were not only of the of the two heads, but of, you know, all the different things that we had to see in there. The two heads for Zephyr Beeble Rocks was like that was off putting because I did not care for I've it. always because even when they described it in the radio, if you were to, well, to, to absorb this media from the beginning, even when I describe him in the, the um, audio drama, there's really no mistaking that he has two physical heads, one basically next to each shoulder. So from the get go, it's always been playing like that. The book describes it very well. The TV show tried to do it. The comic does it better. This is a this is a way I've never seen it done and was not ready for it. And eh, it was I mean, a cheap out. It, well, I don't. Hmm. I, I don't know that it, I don't I don't know that it ever I don't know that well I mean Paul didn't know the material I guess as much as we do yeah. I wonder if someone had no no idea about this at all never seen even clips of the TV show or even a picture of it online would get that he has two heads or if he thought there's like another person living inside him I don't think it was actually ever really pulled off well enough until the Hamakabula part where they he said he was taking his second yeah. head, but that was that's well past the halfway point of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, in in my mind, and and I don't think either of you would have familiarity with this, but there's a comic book villain uh, called the Bi Beast. No, and and it has two heads, and it's similar to the way it is in the movie, where one head is kind of growing out of the forehead of the other. Okay. <laughs> At, at some point, I'll. I look. I'm looking at it now. Image. So yeah, that's. Oh, I, okay. yep. <laughs> so that, that's that's what it brought to mind for me. I could see that. Yeah, seeing it in this. Yep. Uh, was there anything in the books or other versions of this before the uh, before this came out that you were particularly disappointed that it didn't make it into this? 
<laughs> not not so much that I I wish in some ways that it had been more successful that they could have done the next one. That I think that's because the restaurant the some of the other ones are really good too. I mean, Hitchhikers is the main one, but Restaurant at the End of the Universe is pretty good. So long and thanks for all the fish. So so the bigger disappointment is just that this wasn't a big enough hit to continue and make what would it be? One, two, three, four, five, six, six books. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't necessarily need book five no, and six, in my no. opinion. But five and six. I, I think that's probably the bigger disappointment. I watched this and didn't really take in what was missing from other stories. I was taking it on its own, and I didn't walk out of that movie really missing anything. And I haven't really thought about the difference between this. I've never really thought about the difference between any of them, um, like the specifics. But and Christy is is hit the nail on the head. I was disappointed about like after two years. I think um, Garth Jennings flat out said he was not going to do the sequel. And once he dropped out, Disney just just didn't even pursue revamping it. So I was more disappointed that we didn't get more and get. Uh, further interpretations of the next three stories at least or at least the next two like when he originally wrote it yeah i mean i I definitely think you know if you're a fan of the material then you probably want to see a lot more of it right uh you know if you're happy with the adaptation uh you know some of i you know i i felt as i was watching this that you you never (laughs) i think this is you know belaboring the obvious but uh you're not supposed to take anything too seriously at all uh and uh that's why I kind of felt that some of the uh, the characters or the character models that were adapted apparently by Jim Henson's studio uh, were acceptable. Yes, yeah, Be- I could see because I think if you, if you were meant to take this seriously, you'd look at them and say, "Well, that's that's a little too Fraggle Rock for me." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but being a Henson fan, I love the fact yeah. that we had a a screen full of Henson creatures for a good hour and a half, yeah. <laughs> especially the Volgans. I think we're, we're probably the best interpretation of the Volgans as well. Well, there's only one. Other I, one I and... do agree. Cause the, the ones on the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not. Yeah. Not so now if, if, if this were a serious story, then those would have to be CGI. Yeah. True. Yep. Yeah. You, you can, you couldn't get away with, well, I mean, you never know what, what you could put together. If the, you know, clearly they, you don't make this type of thing and want to have it be too, too serious. No. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like the whole idea that, you know, that earth was destroyed and, you know, it was just really just red tape and stupidity that got it destroyed. And yeah, we'll just recreate it. You know, yeah. I, 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 I got a, a kick out of that whole aspect of this. And, you know, I, I suspect that if I was more familiar with it, I would see a lot more of the satire and, connected to real real life things that have gone on there's there is a big piece missing from this that made it to the television show but it's also part of i think i think it's part of the third book where um we kind of jumped in time to in the movie uh, to a point in the book that was going to come a lot later arthur dent rediscovering the, the second build of earth was actually him crash landing on a planet that he didn't know what it was, but then realized it was earth and was trying to get his ancestors to answer the, or to, to come up with the question Mm -hmm. of what, for the answer, what 42 was. And then another, not to spoil the story for anyone. I mean, these books have been around for 40 years now, but a, 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 the last ship from another planet of all the worst individuals, which I believe were accountants, politicians, and no offense, Paul lawyers, had crash landed on the earth and they ended up wiping out the our ancestors and that's that's what we were left with by the time we got to our species as it is now and yep. that was a big part of the story that they took a huge jump in just making earth 2.0 yeah <laughs> and then you know right from the start with the uh the dolphins singing as they're leaving uh it it had the feeling what the risk that it was going to fall into being too Monty Python esque. Yeah, that was strange because they, they've never done that before. Because it was always the every story always started with the dolphins left, they left behind the bowl that when held to the light said so long and thanks for all the fish. The opening with a 
four minute musical number was something we have never seen in any no. any iteration before. I personally thought that was pretty clever. I have it was to say. yeah, that was a nice surprise. And it, you know, it, it again when I mentioned Monty Python esque, it reminded me of some of the musical interludes in uh, <laughs> the the meaning of life. Yeah, you're and, right. And I, I yep. suspect there's a lot. I you know, looking at this in hindsight, because I never did read it at the time. But, you know, th this book came out in, what, 78? That's probably about right. I need to check that. Give or take a, a couple of years. And yeah, 78, you're right. Yeah. Or that's, at least that's when the comedy, the, the show started. Um, the so, yeah, show it was, was probably, yeah, yeah, so the adaptation was probably shortly after the radio play, because that was the second thing to come out. But the, uh, it, it, you know, not too long after that, I think around 1985 or so, The Meaning of Life came out. And mm, I wouldn't okay. be at all surprised if that was largely, maybe not influenced, but inspired by this. Sure. Yeah, I can see it that. It seems to have a lot of the same mental thought process to yeah. just how stupid things are in the world. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. And, then, you know, the, the you know a lot of stuff when, with, with the, uh, what was it, they were going to feed... Uh, I don't know, just so you know again this this is the problem with not having total familiarity with it but they were going to feed trillion to some the beast. bladder beast of troll and and then there's all you know they have to keep going through all the, the catalogs and the files and everything until they can finally get her released yeah, uh, yeah that it's right, all yeah. in error you know i mean that 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 feels like it came right out of that uh, the meaning of life yeah yeah which it's very british but but yes, in fairness it, to that scene, the original Marvin, the Mar uh, Marvin, the uh, depressed Android was waiting in line in that, yeah. that scene. So we got to see him. That Android. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's pretty cool. And, I, just, and, I, okay. I was just going to say, when I compare it to the meaning of life, that is far from an insult. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. I love, that's one of my favorite Python movies, actually. I was I was reading in some of the trivia from the, from it um, as much as I love Thomas Lennon. Always have Reno 911. Love it. He was actually being looked at as being Arthur Dent, or not Arthur Dent. Uh, Ford Prefect. I would have liked that better. I, I would have liked that better. Yeah. Because I think he could take that goofy weirdness. I still think Moss Def was good in the end, but but it took the whole it, movie it took to the get whole there. Movie, yeah. And I became familiar with Thomas Lennon, actually, of all things, from when he was in the recent uh, reimagining of The Odd Couple as oh. Felix, as oh, wow. Felix Unger. Yeah. And then in, you know, with that, I've seen him in stuff that he was in before that. And I keep thinking, oh, there's Felix Unger. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's no Tony Randall, but, you know, he'll do. So. Yeah, he, 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 I loved Reno. He was, was he, he wasn't in the state, was he? Was he in the state? Yeah, he was. Oh, that's yep. where I fell in yep. love with him then. He's the other pudding guy. Was oh, yeah. What are we going to do with $200 worth of pudding? Maybe I'm wrong. But no, he's he definitely is. in the state. He is. He he was in the state, and the state was like one of my favorite groups to watch on MTV <laughs> when you know between mu music videos. I'm just giving a quick look to his filmography, uh, and interestingly, he is free—not frequently, but a significant number of things that he's been involved in. He's credited as a writer. Yeah, oh, he yeah. he and his writing partner are like prolific. Uh, who's the other guy Robert, from Robert Ben Garant? Yeah, yeah. From, who's also from the state. Okay, so yeah, these people are unfamiliar to me. But oh, we've opened your eyes. <laughs> you, you oh, have, world, thank Paul. you. <laughs> thank you for that. A whole new world. If you watch the state, you can see a lot of people that ended up being famous in other famous things. Famous in other things. I may have to <laughs> check that out. It's weird, I will warn you. But you made it through this movie, so yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> so I have to say, I don't have a lot of notes on this. So where else? Where do you want to take me on this thing before we start rating it? Um, let's see. Um, Bill Nye. Bill Nye is Slarty my Bart favorite Fest. casting in this. Actually, now you mentioned, I forgot about that part. Slarty Him Bart and Slarty Bartfest is is the best casting of all of this. Um, yeah, and and when I saw him, I'm now I'm trying to remember. I saw him, and I said, "Oh, I know him from somewhere." And yeah. I'm trying to think of where did, where did I know him from, and now it's, I'm drawing a blank on it. So he was in. Uh, were you a fan of those uh, 
vampire werewolf movies underworld no no oh, <laughs> in fact enough. i still haven't seen those he was in uh oh that movie that love always love actually love actually i did see that he's I, the rock know. star okay he's yes the, i do remember him in that now he's the the washed up rock star in that and what else has he been in he's been in harry potter Oh, he was in the Pirates of Caribbean. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was uh, David Jones, right? Yeah, he's uh, David Jones. Yes, he uh, is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, he he was, when I saw him, he was one of, apparently, like, of that guy. Oh, yeah, I know oh, yeah. that guy. Where's yeah. he from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the two things I thought, the, the two biggest additions to this that I thought were too... There's one, they're both equally as big, and I thought they could have done without one or the other. Hava Kabula was new, that whole thing was completely new, even the character, mm -hmm. and the point of view gun was new. And both yeah. of those things took up a lot of screen time when you yes. start narrowing down the minutes. And I thought that was like maybe too much new, although the point of view gun is probably marvin always saves a day in every story yeah. the point of view gun is probably the best one <laughs> the best one he's ever done and <laughs> he shoots that and depresses all of the volcans <laughs> and they all fall over like dominoes that was that was pretty brilliant the 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 strange thing is that hamakavula was actually doug adams idea i i know I, and yeah. it's like but but no, the the <laughs> followers are in the book. Yeah, yeah. Because the 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 ones that blow their nose and yes, that, yeah, that was that that was the argument I heard about Zaphoid's head at one point is that the the universe was started with the big sneeze and that's like where Zaphoid's second head is attached. And I was like, okay, whoever wrote this out had way too much time in their hands because I don't even believe that. No, it, I I I. They are certain things that you're like mm, on well, the that's pros and cons. Python type concept that somehow a sneeze forms the universe. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. Two two things that just come to mind is I remember I I remember remember now that when Bill Nye came on, the thing that jumped out at me was that he uh, he was uh, in uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yes, and, yes. and I remember because I had read those books before I saw the movies and the way he was described in the book was as being very like lion like. And when he was in the movie, I saw it like the way his hair is and everything. And I thought, Oh, you know, that's, he was very well cast in my opinion. And then when he came out in this, I thought, Oh, there he is. It's the minister of magic again. <laughs> <laughs> so and I then, thought, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 go, go. Well, the other note I just saw that I had, I had forgotten before was that uh, when they first started talking about making this, apparently uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd were considered to be, uh, you know, considered to play Ford Prefect. Nope. Oh, see, I love both of them, but I nope. don't know that I'd like that. Mm -mm. No. Um, I could see Bill Murray doing it more so than Dan Aykroyd because Bill Murray does play nonplussed very well. Okay. Uh, but I, you know, stuff like this, I think sometimes you're better off having people who you don't quite have such a grasp on their personality. And I'm not sure I, if they would fit. I, yeah, I think he has too much personality. <laughs> so I'm just looking at it. was, uh, it's, it says here on, you know, movement on the film was quiet until about 2001, blah, blah, blah. Something about Austin Powers and, uh, they looked for Spike Jones to redirect you, Laurie, to play Arthur. Jim Carrey as Zaphod. Nope. Then Adams died on uh, May May 11th of 2001. Neither Roach nor the film producers wanted to see their work go for naught after Adams' death. Uh, they brought the screenplay, and I guess it went from there. But uh, it's interesting just some of the thoughts that they had as far as different personalities to fit. And yeah. again, without having read the books, it's hard for me to necessarily link it to what happens in the books. But however, seeing this film and then saying, well, what if I took this guy out and replaced him with this guy? Uh, like you, you, Laurie, strikes me as a little bit too much of a wise ass. 
to to be Arthur Dent. Um, but that's because you're. Are you thinking of him in House? Or are you thinking? I'm thinking of him in House and in Black Adder. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but he had Fry and Laurie, and there were different. He he could do other things. I actually wouldn't wouldn't have minded seeing that, but and Thomas Lennon as 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 a for 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 yeah. yeah, I can yeah. see that. Well, Jim Ca- I, I I don't see Jim Carrey uh, as Zephyr though. No, I I think he he, you know. He's just a little too over the top. I think Sam Rockwell plays it very over the top. But, you know, that's very over the top for Sam Rockwell is normal for Jim Carrey. So right, okay. if he, I would see him taking it to a whole higher level of, of over the top. And I, I think he would lose a lot of people. Yeah. And there would be stuff on the fly added for him to like do his signature facial expressions and whatnot that didn't necessarily fit in with maybe what's happening yeah. sorry i interrupted you before you when you were gonna oh, make a point i was just gonna say the um the guide entries are i think were really well done because that's a the animation for that in the tv show is something that i think is put on a pedestal because of the the way they did it when they the way they had to do it back in the day before digital effects and how recognizable and unique they are to that i think they kind of took it a a different direction but still I thought was pretty pretty well done. Um, definitely very smooth computer assisted animation of some sort. But I, I like the guide entries in this as well. Oh yeah, that's always got to be a piece of it too. That that they're you want that cheesy neon looking. Yeah. That's that's what you expect. Right. That's- now, do you? I assume you've you've had this in various versions since, because uh, I'm just looking here. There, there was a UK exclusive gift set edition. <laughs> oh, do no, not have that. No, I just bought the DVD when it came out, and now I didn't. We didn't even break it open. We watched it on Hulu. Although I did watch that DVD like every week oh, for yeah. like two years. I felt like. <laughs> All right. So, do you have any, any final thoughts before we uh, give it a rating? Um, no, I'll save my final thoughts to defend or not my rating, depending on where this conversation goes. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go first to let okay. you beat up my rating as okay. somebody who's, again, been on the precipice of being exposed to the material, but somehow avoided it for years and years and years. Uh, I do feel that a familiarity with it would, uh, would, would breed a greater enjoyment of it. Uh, but as somebody who who's coming in cold and not familiar with it, <clears throat> I think it takes a little bit more effort to really immerse myself in it. So for, for me personally, I think it's on that borderline between Jaws 3 and Jaws 2. Uh, I think it, it's, it's something where as I, if I watched it again with a greater familiarity, I think it would start getting itself up into the Jaws 2 level. But, Watching it just one time without knowing really what to expect from it, it was just a little below that. Okay. So where do you guys go with it? Uh, we'll save uh, Fanboy for last. Okay. Um, I will have to say it probably went into, okay, because of my hatred of Sam Rockwell at the time, it probably would have been a Jaws, which one is in 3D? <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> but but as as you may recall, having been on the show before, my ratings are not necessarily lined up with the actual quality of the Jaws movies. Oh, okay. It's because because if if I when I rated the Jaws movies, Jaws three rated as a Jaws four. Oh, okay, okay. And Dennis Quaid is in Jaws three. If that helps, yes. And Besson. <laughs> yes. Um, but. Actually, we watched it the other day, and as much as I had memories of not liking it because of Sam Rockwell, um, there's actually more I liked watching it than I remembered. And there was a deep fondness, and now especially because everybody's gone on to different careers, you can kind of see, like, it's baby Martin Freeman, and it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know... 
I have a lot more appreciation for it. So it definitely has moved up. I would say like a Jaws 2. <laughs> okay. And now we go okay. to Fanboy. All right. Well, surprisingly, we're not all that different because as much as I do love this, I mean, I love the source material in every form. And I do like this movie a lot, but it's, I mean, it 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 relies it actually paul brought up a point i was going to make i think the reason i like it a lot more than people that don't know the material is because i do know the material my my memory fills in a lot of things yeah. that don't happen on screen and i don't actively sit there saying oh he's you know i, I know he's going to do this in a later book so that makes sense for his character it's like all just that's like a natural reaction to me so it's not it's it's definitely it was written it was written out of, I think it was finally done well it was done to make money it was Disney so beyond that I think the people behind the project did it out of respect for finishing Douglas Adams' work and I think it was made for fans and maybe tweaked a little bit enough to make at least make its money back which it did it actually doubled its money but having said that I think it's a Jaws two I don't think it's a Jaws one I don't think it's below jaws 2 by any any regards but i think as as a movie that stands on its own and along with the lineage of the other things that tell the story i think it's a jaws 2 and another big factor of that which i'm just realizing now is the fact that they're trying to tell a very epic story in less than two hours whereas yeah. everything else had is at least six well three hours or more yeah. to tell it the radio thing the radio one i think was 10 hours the original release of that so tough tough job to do i think they did an okay job it's not all the decisions i would have made but i still enjoy it it's not mark wing davy <laughs> yes well i think that's i think that's very fair honestly uh all right so that that's it for hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy or thanks for it? suggesting this one <laughs> I do have something to add because that go might ahead, go, that go. might not be it. We have I didn't get a chance to shoehorn this in, but before the pandemic, that damn pandemic, there was announced a new series being made for Hulu for this. Okay, and, well, I wasn't saying uh, that was it that they were never going to uh, do I, it I again. I was saying that's I was, it for our discussion. No, I know. I was. I was. I was. I was making a pun out of your. Oh, okay. out of your wording yeah. there but uh, <laughs> but now but but when they announced it, it was supposed to be released in 2022, and they got. They got a month and a half, and I don't think it's yeah. going to happen that fast. They still well, haven't officially canceled it, but I don't know where it lies at all in their production schedule. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's too popular of a, uh, again, of a, of, of a, the, the material is just too popular, too popular of a concept for it to stay uh, away for too, too long. I think yeah. eventually... Well, they, and I, it's definitely going to be adapted in another way, whether it's they, a movie, a TV show, whatever. And I, and I think yeah. Good Omens, the success of Good Omens, yeah. knocked it out of the park. The fact that they're making a second season of it. They seem to want to add, continually add to the the whole legacy of this. Because what was it? Oh, my God. It might have been like 20 years ago now. but No, it could have been. Too, it had to be well after the movie. So somewhere in the realm of 10 years-ish ago, they put out a six book by... Uh, Oh gosh, what was his name? Another was well, not by Douglas Adams, and no. it was called and another thing. And it was a, it was the sixth story yeah. in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. And so they're trying the, his estate. The people that still run and own this property are trying to keep it alive throughout time. So it would not surprise me if something else comes soon because it's about time. I think that's probably about the right time for it to yeah. crop up again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see it uh, again in some format or another. We see something soon. Uh, but in the meanwhile, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on with me. And anybody listening should realize that uh, Matt and Christy went above and beyond to get this recording done because we had all <laughs> sorts of technical problems uh, being able to record. And, and they came through like troopers for us, uh, which I appreciate. And again, I appreciate you making the time to come on. And I absolutely, you know, the plan was. We didn't think we were going to be able to do this because of our technical problems, but we managed to get it done. When we didn't think we were going to be able to do it, we said, okay, you know what? In the next few weeks, we'll find a time or next month or two, whatever it would be. So I think what that does is that gives me the freedom to invite you on to do a different movie. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think so, Christy needs to pick one. I think that would be a great idea. I think you ought to know I'm feeling very depressed. 
Well, we have something that should take your mind off things. It won't work. I have an exceptionally large mind. Yeah, we know, but um, we need you to go down to the number two entry bay and pick up our stowaways and bring them up here. Just that? I won't enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's life. Life? Don't talk to me about life. Just side. Ghastly, isn't it? All the doors in this spaceship have been programmed to have a cheerful and sunny disposition. Anyway, come on. I've been ordered to take you up to the bridge. Ah, oh, please yourself. Here I am, brain the size of a planet, and they ask me to take you up to the bridge. Call that job satisfaction, because I don't. You can thank the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation for building robots with GPP. What's GPP? Genuine people personalities. I'm a personality prototype. You can tell, can't you? Oh, for heaven's sake. I brought the aliens. Don't thank me or anything. Freeze! I'm a robot, not a refrigerator. I wasn't talking to you, Giggles. Oh, why do I bother? Zephyr. Ford? Is that Zephyr. you? Ford! Break the Beatles! I've seen it. It's rubbish. Ford? Marvin. I've been talking to the ship's computer. And? It hates me. I'd make a suggestion that you wouldn't listen. No one ever does. All right, this isn't an idea that has any merit at all, but Marvin, can you give me a hand? Give me a hand? Ha oh, ha, oh, very funny. How am I supposed to drive this pod with one arm, stupid human? Got your arm. How considerate. Right then, all those of you lucky enough to have two arms, hold tight. Incredible. It's even worse than I thought it would be. This will all end in tears. I just know it. Come on, just stop! I told you this would all end in tears. Thank you! Thank you! This is how it's all going to end, is it? Hey, <coughs> me. Alone on a dead planet with a manically depressed robot. You think you've got problems? What are you supposed to do if you are a manically depressed robot? Excuse me. Who are you? What? No, uh, no, my, my name is not important. Uh, you must come with me. Get away. Uh, terrible events are afoot. Um, you, you, you must come or, or you'll be late. Uh, late what for? What? No, no. What's, what's your name, Earthman? Well, Dent. Arthur Dent. Well, late as in the late Dent Arthur Dent. It's, it's a sort of threat. Do you see? No. No. Your, your friends are safe. You can trust me. Well, trust a man who won't tell me his name. Okay, my name is, um, my name is, 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 is Slarty Bartfast. I, I said it, it wasn't important. Okay. Well, so my, my friends are safe? Let me show you. I could calculate your chances of survival, but you won't like it. Thanks a lot for leaving me behind. Oh, I can't say I blame you. Mr. President, we're here for your protection. Oh, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Fire. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Kogons are the worst marksmen in the galaxy. Ooh. For God's sake, stop! Ceasefire. 
Now I've got a headache. <laughs> feel so depressed. I can't face another day. Marvin, you saved our lives. I know. Wretched, isn't it? <laughs>